Hello, this is Roy Lilly. There was a local news story in the week, a mental health patient who somehow ended up marooned in A&E. They were very ill and prone to self-harming. It took goodness knows how long, days, I think, to find them a mental health bed. And apart from the distress to the patient and the family, the last thing a busy A&E needs is a self-harming patient in a cubicle. Keeping them safe and mitigating risk consumes a huge amount of resource. Last June, the BBC revealed, and I linked to their uh, report in the e-letter this morning, uh, in Brighton that mental health patients were kept for up to a month, a month in A&E. They were medically fit to leave, but nowhere safe for these complex patients to go. The Sussex Partnership Trust said 20% of its beds were occupied by patients with mental health needs who are fit to leave, but there were no care plans in place for them. And you know, if you flick through a Google search, you'll find any number of stories in a similar vein. A report published on Wednesday by the Centre for Mental Health, authored by 35 key organisations, including Mind Rethink, uh, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, Place to Be, charities including the Children's Society, tells us there are an unprecedented number of people struggling with mental health issues and record numbers of people waiting for help. The Guardian reports, and I quote, in April last year, the health secretary, that's Bully Boy, called for evidence to guide the development of what he said would be a 10-year health and well-being plan, as well as a separate suicide prevention plan. Well, in January, the health and well-being plan was scrapped and subsumed into a much wider-ranging major conditions strategy, whatever that is, it's not yet written, and covers cancer, heart disease and other major killers. The Centre for Mental Health Report says mental health is getting worse. They're right, and the question is, how do we put it right? The report makes the points before COVID and the cost of living crisis, mental health was the most common cause of sickness absence and demand on NHS services. Sickness absence is at a 13-year high. Mental ill health accounts for about half the 1.8 million people a year absent from work, and that leads to an estimated 17 million working days lost per year. Depression and anxiety is projected to rise by 16%, and between 2017 and 22, rates of probable mental disorder among 17 to 19-year-olds more than doubled. During 2021 and 22, secondary mental health services in England received a record 4.6 million referrals, and that's up by over a quarter. The report is a difficult read and has a huge list of wide-ranging recommendations, and to be honest, I, I lost count how many they're sprinkled throughout the text, including a new Child Poverty Act to banish child poverty by 2030, the creation of a minimum income guarantee, reforming sick pay, action against junk food, smoking, alcohol, gambling, and the end of what they call a hostile environment to immigration policies. Plus, applying a mental health test to every policy the government plans. 
Well, in response, the Department of Health said the usual going further and faster, transforming mental health and additional 2.3 billion invested, blah, blah, blah. The pity is this excellent report is too complex, too wide ranging to be implemented. And that's the issue. The causes of poor mental health are wide ranging and complex beyond a single department to tackle in a single parliament. And there's another problem. According to the National Audit Office, during 2021 to 22, 17,000 staff left the mental health workforce. Between 2016 and 22, the mental health workforce had increased to 133,000. But despite this, staff shortages remain the major constraint uh, to improving and expanding mental health services. That's uh, what the National Audit Office say. There's been a tiny growth of under 6% in the number of consultant psychiatrists in the NHS. So that's um, over the last 10 years, 6% in 10 years. This is a toxic cocktail, an overwhelming demand caused by multifactorial issues beyond the NHS to resolve and out with their ability to fix the bits they are responsible for. Programs that have been properly funded, supported and measured like the mental health elements of the NHS, NHSE's long-term plan, uh, improving access to psychological therapies, time to change, sure start, individual placement and support, the Better Mental Health Fund, show that investment in evidence-based and informed interventions can support significant improvements. More of that? Well... We have the way, this is all about the will. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's no will, there's always an excuse. Have the best weekend you can, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye-bye.